Welcome to Ministry by Mail, a weekly sermon publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confession. Our sermon for the ninth Sunday after Pentecost is by Pastor Nathan Pfeiffer of Berea Lutheran Church in Enver Grove Heights, Minnesota. Our theme is The Search for Wisdom, based on the text of Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Grace to you and peace from God the Father Almighty, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Before we take a look at our text, I thought it might be helpful to learn a little bit about Hebrew poetry. Maybe you're familiar with the concept of parallelism. In the Old Testament, in poetry, whether you're reading the Psalms or Proverbs or the book of Ecclesiastes, or even sometimes some of the prophetic writings, you're going to find parallelism. Parallelism being two statements saying the same things but using different words to express a truth. The holy writers do this to clarify what they intend to say. For instance, if you're familiar with Psalm 46, you might be familiar with the parallelism of verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So in those two lines, the psalmist is saying God's with us. And how is God with us? He's with us like a refuge, a safe place, a secure place to be. Other times, the holy writers might present opposing thoughts in order to help us understand one single truth. For instance, in Proverbs 12, 15, we read that the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So if you can keep that concept in your mind, that parallelism, two thoughts being presented using different words to help us understand what the writer intends, that might be helpful as we dig into the book of Proverbs. As we take a look at Proverbs 2, verses 1 to 8 this morning, we're going to find parallel statements in verses 1 through 4 about searching for wisdom. And in verses 5 and 6, we're going to find parallel thoughts about where wisdom is to be found. And then in the second half of verse 7 and verse 8, God tells us what he does for his people through the wisdom he supplies. So I hope if we have that as a little bit of a background, it'll help us as we read Proverbs and we say, well, isn't he saying the same thing over and over again? And the answer is yes because the Holy Spirit really wants to help us understand something. We hear now the words of wise King Solomon in Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 8. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. So far, God's holy word. Even so, we pray 
O Lord, sanctify us, set us apart for your holy purposes through your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. The reason I thought we would take a look at the book of Proverbs is because the number of times I've read a news article, a social media post, or watched a news report and wondered, what in the world is going on? This doesn't make any sense. When's the last time you thought that? Maybe it was same-sex couples featured recently in children's cartoons and even on Sesame Street. Maybe it's that ongoing genocide of babies who are being killed in their mother's womb through abortion. Maybe it's the current popular race theory that concludes that someone can be a racist simply because of the color of their skin, which is the very definition of racism. These are times of which the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. Our society is always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Think of how much information this generation has access to. Through the internet, through our smartphones, we can ask our phone a question and it will search databases in milliseconds and give us an answer back. Unlike our great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents who were fortunate if they had a 7th or 8th grade education before they were put to work on the farm, Free schooling is readily available through high school and even college level. People are always learning. But what's the problem? Paul said they're never arriving at the truth. Instead, we're told there is no absolute truth. What might be true to you isn't necessarily true to me. And then we're told that each person has to discover their own truth. So that presents us with the question, why is that? Why is there so much information available and people seem to be more confused about everything under the sun than ever before? I think there's a simple answer to that question. And the simple answer is the pursuit of wisdom is flawed from the beginning. We heard this morning twice how the Bible tells us about the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The search for wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And so we need to know, well, what is that? What is the fear of the Lord? Well, it's not fear in the sense of being afraid of God, although for the sinner, certainly we should have that kind of fear. No fear in these verses and the verses of our text means to have a sort of reverent awe for something. Something so awesome. Something so majestic. You stand in fear or of awe of it. One imagery of that kind of fear that comes to mind for modern society is the courtroom. If you've ever been in a courtroom, you realize very quickly that that judge sitting behind the bench has a lot of power. With a word, that judge can send someone to jail for the rest of their life, or that judge 
can set them free. Simply by his or her declaration, power is wielded. And so when the judge walks in the room, what does everybody do? All rise, and you're struck in awe at the power that this person behind the bench has. Maybe that helps us understand what fear is in this sense, this reverent awe for something more powerful than you, someone who has power to do great things. And so to fear the Lord is to stand in awe of the one who made the heavens and the earth, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb and made you who you are. It is to be in awe of the God who sees all and knows all, It is the one great judge before whom we all must stand on the last day. To fear the Lord is also to be in awe of God as we make our way to the cross. We stand in humble awe of the God who would punish his beloved son in order to rescue us from our sins. We are in awe of Jesus who has the power to walk on water, and yet from the cross he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We bow our heads in humble awe as we see Jesus, the sinless Son of God, breathe his last and die. We are in awe of the God who would do that to save us. And the fear of the Lord also takes us to the tomb of Easter. There we stand in awe with the women, with Peter and John running to the tomb. As we hear the proclamation of the angels that he is not here, he has risen, just as he said. We are in awe of the crucified and risen Lord who took away our sins and overcame death by rising from it. This is the fear of the Lord. In reverent awe, we worship our God who made us and the whole world around us, who took away our sins and overcame that great enemy of death for us. We are in awe of the God who has promised that whoever believes in his son Jesus will not perish, but have everlasting life. And this, this is where wisdom begins. Without the fear of the Lord, there is So much in our world that makes no sense. There's no wisdom in evolution because it concludes that there is no God greater than us, and really we're no different than the animals, just more highly evolved. And your life here, your life is an accident. Without the fear of the Lord, our daily lives don't make any sense because we don't know why we're here. Without the fear of the Lord, we don't know where we're going because there's no hope for eternal life. So if there is no fear of the Lord, there is no wisdom. As King David wrote, the fool, not the wise one, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Ultimately, nothing makes sense without the fear of the Lord. Man only lives for himself or herself and for what feels right and true at the moment. So, of course, we turn on the news, and it doesn't make sense what we're hearing. Of course, we read that blog post, and it doesn't make sense. Because the search for wisdom begins with awe for the Lord by faith, and without that fear, 
Without that awe of the Lord, there is very little wisdom to be found. And so with that as the foundation for the book of Proverbs, we return to our text. And Solomon says that's only the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom begins with standing in awe of God, fearing the Lord. Then Solomon exhorts us to keep on searching for wisdom. Using parallel concepts in verses 2, 3, and 4, he writes about using our ears to listen for wisdom, our hearts to understand wisdom, our voice to call out for it, pray for it, and seeking wisdom like someone who searches for buried treasure. And praise God that he has not hidden that wisdom from us. As you call out and listen for wisdom, the Lord speaks it. Verse 6 is very important. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. You see the parallelism there? The Lord gives the wisdom, and how does he give the wisdom? Well, Solomon tells us. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. God speaks to us in his word. All scripture is breathed out by God. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. God has given you a book full of wisdom. All of God's wisdom takes us again to the cross, because at the cross we see God's eternal love and his divine justice coming together. We see his love as he gives his son into death for us. We see his justice as he punishes his son because of the sin of the world. And so the word of the cross may be foolish to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And to those who are called, to the believers, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. On the cross, the wisdom of God is on display as he carries out his eternal plan to save us. And in the Bible, the wisdom of God shines on from page to page as we see his plan of salvation carry play out. And through that wisdom found in his word, God is at work. We find more parallelism in verses 7 and 8 as we hear how God uses his word and his wisdom to protect his believers. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of, ju of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. God himself is a shield. He's protecting us. He's guarding our path. And he's watching over us as we walk by faith. And he uses his word, that heavenly wisdom, to guide us. From the wisdom of God's word, we learn you're not here by accident, but you're part of God's grand design and plan. From God's word, we learn heavenly wisdom about marriage and child rearing. While God's word doesn't tell us which career to pick, he does talk about seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, confident that he will take care of everything else in our life. 
God doesn't tell us which job to take, but he does talk about working for the Lord with all of our might. This is just the beginning of the treasure hunt, if you will, for the wisdom of God found in his word. By hearing and learning God's word, we are hearing and learning God's wisdom. God's wisdom that takes us to the cross where we stand in awe of Almighty God who loved us and gave himself for us. And that is where wisdom begins. Standing in the awe of the Lord by faith and then gaining more wisdom from the mouth of God who speaks to us through his word. So in these especially confusing times we live in, May God bless our search for wisdom as we cry out to him for understanding. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This has been a publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confessions Ministry by mail. For more information, visit clclutheran.org. For print copies of this or other sermons, please visit lutheransermons.org.